Blog Talk Radio. Let the wind blow, let the glory come down. Hey. 
we have a chat room open at um, blogtalkradio.com forward slash prayer international. And if you can't make it to a phone and you still need prayer, then you can always email us at prayerinternational at gmail.com. So, hmm. Okay, well, here we go. Father, Lord, we look to you for wisdom and discernment, Lord. Father, for grace and mercy, Lord, that you would heal our nations. Father, that your hand would move across these nations, Lord, and show yourself strong, Father. Exalt the name of Jesus in these lands, Lord. From house to house, city to city, from street to street, Father, let your name be magnified among your people. Lord, your word declares that the goodness of God leads men to repentance. So, Father, we boldly come to your throne of grace, Lord, asking for you to turn the hearts of the men and women. Father, turn the hearts of the leaders of the nations, Father, from youngest to oldest, Father. Reveal yourself. To the peoples of earth Above all Father Let your will be done in this land Your word declares that And you said that if your people Who are called by your name Would humble themselves Turn from their wicked way To seek you That you would hear from heaven Forgive their sins and heal their lands. You also said to ask, and you would give us the nations for our inheritance. So, Father, we ask for your will to be done, Lord. That you would speak to the hearts of the men and women, from the young children to the old men and women, Lord that you would start burning the desire for your presence in them. Lord, that you would turn their hearts towards you once again, Father. Let them seek after your righteousness, Father. So, um, hmm. interesting verse. Um, if my people who are called by name will humble themselves, turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sins, and heal their lands. I'm going to um, go off on a small tangent here. So, um, once again, if I offend anybody, I'm sorry. Um, but, you know, um, the last couple of days, um, last week, I had opportunity to watch some of this um, this trial in the U.S. for um, Casey Anthony. Um, long story short, um, 
mother accused of killing her daughter, and then she pretty much got off, um, got not guilty by the jury because the prosecution couldn't really prove their case. And what's very, what was interesting about the case wasn't the um, the case itself. It wasn't the verdict itself. It was the outrage by people from the very beginning of the trial who were pretty much like persecutor, killer, killer. From the very beginning, right when the trial started, the minute they heard that something had happened, they were immediately jumping up with pitchforks wanting to be the one to pull the switch to throw the first stone, whatever. And I'm not saying whether she's guilty or innocent. I'm saying at the moment it's irrelevant. And, you know, it sort of bothered me. I heard someone say this on a Twitter account, and it really bothered me because of how it was sort of like a sign of the state of our nations and that this woman supposedly killed her two-year-old daughter and everybody is up in arms about it, wanting vengeance, wanting justice for this two-year-old. But yet, if she would have killed her daughter two years prior, when she was still um, an in, I mean, an embryo, I mean, not an embryo, but when she was still like in her mother's womb, if she would have killed her daughter then, everybody would have stood up for her and said it was her right. And I'm not condoning murder one way or the other. I'm just saying it to me it seems sort of a contradiction to claim that for any people to claim that they are opposed to murder or death. Um, and then for widespread abortion to be rampant and to be upheld as acceptable. And I know usually on this show we don't really get into a lot of touchy subjects leaning um, as much as possible on the leading of the Holy Spirit to guide um, these broadcasts. But And I didn't want to go do – I wasn't really sure I wanted to have this little discussion here on the radio tonight until I was driving home from work and I popped in a um, message um, CD and I was listening to it, and it just happened to be in my car. And then halfway through the message, she pretty much talked about the same thing I had been feeling and wanted to talk about. So um, not wanting to back down from a challenge to my own self. Um, you know, the Bible says we have to speak the truth in love. And, you know, I'm not saying that anybody should be judged because there's only one judge, and that's Jesus Christ the righteous. Um the only person who judges with righteous judgment. The Bible says that God doesn't look um, at the outside. He looks at a man's heart. And then, then Jesus himself was appointed to be judged over the living and the dead um, in the end. Um, so no one has the ability or the right or the authority to judge anyone's actions outside of God. And we have systems of laws and courts set up that do judging and all that other stuff. But as far as individuals... Um, I find it ironic that we proclaim outrage over some things and not others. Um, we have entire sex, 
sex trade markets and I mean slave trades and um, human kidnapping and human trafficking and the most horrible and vile things that you can imagine. And for the most part, we as a people sit back and watch and do nothing. We don't get involved. Um, we don't raise our voices too much. And for the most part, we don't intercede to the Father. We have hundreds of thousands of millions, I don't even know the exact number of children who are aborted every year. And I'm not saying that a woman who there's complications and issues with pregnancies and things that no man could possibly understand. Um, but in general, the idea of abortion being a form of birth control, I, I'm against. Um, and I don't really want to say anything and speak on behalf of the Lord God, um, because you could read the Bible and get his opinion on it. Um, and I'll leave it at that. But I, I was really outraged the fact that people were up in arms about this lady um, killing her child and getting off scot-free when millions and millions of people around the world do it every day um, in the name of convenience and people support them. Um, and you know, it's just a sign of the times that we live in um, where people in the world and the times and the world we live is getting exceedingly wicked. Um, the very knowledge of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ is being stripped out of society as quickly as possible, and the knowledge of the Lord being removed, much like it was in the times before the flood. And, you know, Jesus spoke on these things. He said um, it would be like the times of Noah. And, you know, I've heard thousands of theories and um, um, conspiracy theories and whatever you want to call them about how the end's going to come. Is there going to be an antichrist? Is there not going to be an antichrist? Is it going to be some new world order? Is it going to be whatever? And, you know, as far as I'm concerned, from what the Lord has shown me, it really doesn't matter because it's irrelevant. Because our job is not to sit around and try to figure out how things are going to happen and how they're going to progress. I mean, the Lord Jesus said that um, there were signs and seasons. He said, when you see the fig tree, you know that the time is near. And he said, um, there will be wars and rumors of wars, and these are just the beginning of sorrows. And, you know, he was trying to paint a picture there that it's going to get bad. We could, like, break it up into break up all the scriptures, and we could, like, take you through Revelation and try to pinpoint with some kind of accuracy what's going to happen and how it's going to happen. But in the long run, it's irrelevant. Because if you don't have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, then having all the knowledge in the world won't do you a bit of good. If your heart's not set upon him, it won't do you that bit of, a bit of good. If you don't have a communion with the Holy Spirit where you're actively seeking his voice and listening after his voice and listening to his heart so you can hear when he says go left or go right, then all the knowledge in the world won't do you a bit of good. Because it's not about what happens. It's not about the battle that's coming. It's not about the armies that are amassed against you. It's not about any of that. It's about your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ and your willingness to submit to him. 
and to let him lead and guide you through this world and through this life and through this Christian walk in which we live. Um, you know, it, it reminds me um, when the, in Exodus um, chapter 13, when the children of Israel had um, been delivered from the land of Egypt and from their bondage, which they had been in through Pharaoh, um, the Lord God um, sends Moses. And with signs and wonders and great, great and mighty signs and wonders, the Lord delivered the children of Israel from the hand of Pharaoh. And it says in verse 17 of chapter 13, it says, Then it came to pass, when Pharaoh had let the people go, that God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines, though that was near. For God said, lest perhaps the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. So God led the people around by the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea. So God could have taken them one way. But because knowing the weakness of their own hearts and their disbelief and their attachments to the things of the world, he led them a different direction. Not only did he lead them a different direction for their preservation, but he led them in a different direction which would allow him to be glorified in their midst and to establish a, and to I mean, not only established to, to remind them of his glory and his presence and his ability to be their deliverer, he brought them by the Red Sea. And if you know the story about the Red Sea parting, I mean, the children of Israel are escaping, and the Pharaoh changes his mind. He says, I'm going to go get them all back. And the armies are marching, and, you know, Moses gets to the Red Sea with the children of Israel, and all of a sudden, once again, they're freaking out, and they're like, oh, God, you've delivered us, but what are you going to do now? You did something in the past, but we don't necessarily know that you're going to do something in the future. And God spoke to Moses, and he said, I gave you a rod, the same rod that Moses had cast down before the Pharaoh, and it turned into a snake. And Moses puts his rod down in the Red Sea parts. Children of Israel walk through, escaping to the other side. Like it says, though you pass through the rivers, they will not overflow you. And the armies of Pharaoh come in and they get washed away. So the Lord had a plan for their own good. And, you know, despite what people would say, there's not many places in the Bible that it talks about trying to figure it all out. Um, it says a study to show yourself approved. But I believe it means more about Scripture itself. Um, and it says, watch, for you don't know when your master is coming. But as far as when things happen, there's signs and there's seasons. And there's time frames that things happen in. But there's not a man on the face of this planet who has ever lived or ever will live who could tell you it's going to happen on December the 24th of 2012 or whatever the date is. It's just not there. Because God said, Jesus himself said, no one knows the day or the hour except the Father in heaven. Not even the angels know when that date is, only the Father. 
So it's about time that we stop trying to guess it and try to figure it out and base our lives and our opinions on it and base our schedules on what's going to come around the corner because our only job is to have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ to reach as many people as possible until he comes and to be busy working and doing those things which he called us to do until he comes. So that way when the master comes back, he sees the servants doing what they're supposed to be doing in the beginning instead of sitting around freaking out, taking their talents and hiding their talents in the sand because they're too afraid to use them. When there's an entire world that's lost and dying and going to hell who don't have the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we, as a body of believers, are too busy trying to figure out dates. Trying to make the world conform to a law that neither we nor our fathers could bear. trying to get the world to follow commandments of the law when we proclaim that we follow the law of grace. And we've become judges instead of intercessors. We've become prosecutors instead of Ambassadors of reconciliation Reconciling the world unto God People don't need to hear What they're doing is wrong Because they already know God gave them a conscience It says that The creation of the world The invisible attributes of God Are clearly seen by the things that are made So they are without excuse Their conscience Excusing them or excusing them what the world needs is the love of God. What the world needs is the presence of the Holy Spirit. What the world needs is to know about the blood of Jesus, and that's it. None of, nothing else matters but that. Because, yeah, the times are drawing near, and they're getting close, and the trumpets are sounding. But what do you need more? Do you need be able to figure out exactly when he's coming back or do you need for your son to be saved or your family member to be saved or the friend at work to be saved or the person who lives across the street from you that you yet have not had a chance to talk to yet for whatever reason for them to be saved and how many people do you know that are needing healing and you haven't had a chance for whatever reason to go pray for him. And I'm not saying that in a negative way because we're all like that. Um, we all falter when we have the ability to do more. The Bible says we've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, and yet we sometimes sit with our hands folded trying to wait for God to do something when in reality what's happening is God's already given us the command and the authority and the provision to magnify his name Throughout the earth And he's waiting on us Just to take the first step of faith And to go out and actually do something Instead of talking about it It's what happened um, At the Red Sea You know Jesus Spent even in The story in the New Testament About Jesus and um, He's asleep in the boat And all the disciples are in the boat And the water starts like 
going crazy and there's a storm brewing and they're all freaking out. And it's like, you know, I saw Jesus do all these miracles, but what's he going to do for this? I'm so afraid. I don't want to die. And they go down and they wake up Jesus and they're like, Jesus, don't you care that we're perishing? Because somehow they thought that the situation that they were in and the situations that were coming up were outside the realm of his knowledge, which we know is not true. The reason he was sleeping is because he wasn't worried. He was resting. He was peaceful because he knew the Lord God. And he got up and he rebuked the wind and the waves and then he rebuked his disciples. Some people say he rebuked them for their lack of faith and I think that's part of the reason but I also think he rebuked them for waking them up because they could have silenced the waves themselves because they had seen Jesus work. He sent them out two by two to heal the sick, to cleanse the lepers, to raise the dead, to cast out demons. And it's about time for the church to stand up and be the church and to let go of all the things that we hold on to. Because there's a whole world perishing around us. And almost no intercessors. Almost no voices who are willing to stand up and cry out on behalf of the lost and the dying and the sick and the poor and the hungry. You know, all those people that Jesus would have been hanging out with if he were still here. Because I don't think Jesus would have spent much time in church. He would have been in church. But he probably wouldn't have spent much time there because he said, I didn't come to call the righteous, but the sinners to repentance. I didn't come for those who are healthy, but for those that are sick. Anyway, our call number tonight, 619-638-8458. If you need prayer for something, give us a call. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back.
we, as a body of believers, um, and that claim that we follow the Lord, and we, we're really easily to go out and proclaim judgment upon the world for the things they're doing, wanting them and proclaiming that they need to follow a set of law and ordinances that Peter or Paul said that neither we nor our fathers could bear. And we expect the world to line up with the word of God and with the laws that were written in the word of God that we couldn't even handle ourselves. And the and But yet we claim that we're walking in the law of grace because Romans says that now there, there's therefore now no condemnation to those who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ has set me free from the law of sin and death. But it's that very law of sin and death that we're trying to impose upon the world and proclaim that they need to follow it when they can't even understand it because it's spiritually discerned because they haven't received the gift of the Holy Spirit. They don't even have the desire to serve the Lord God. And neither did we until the Holy Spirit interjected into our life and received knowledge of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and the saving grace of the Lord that we were converted. Because until then we were the same because it says that no one seeks God on their own. Not one. And we definitely need to get away from being judges when there's only one judge, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, we proclaim a standard of righteousness and proclaim... You know what? If we just stopped and proclaimed that people needed to have a relationship with the Lord and they needed to know Him, everything else would follow naturally. If we spent more time trying to get people face-to-face -face with the Lord Jesus Christ, then all the other things we worry about would not be an issue anymore. You know, the times are coming when more and more the knowledge of the Lord will be removed from the hearts and the minds of the people. And it's going to take men and women of God who are constantly on their knees before him, interceding, paving the way in the spiritual realm for a manifestation of God's grace in the physical realm to take shape and to happen. Because all the battle is fought in the prayer closet. It says, Come boldly to the throne of grace, in which we are accepted in a time of need. But yet, it seems it's the one place that most of us usually don't go. I said something I said earlier in the broadcast is, you know, we have, the Bible says we've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. We are seated with Christ in heavenly places. We have the authority. Jesus said, all that the Father has is mine, and, I, and the Holy Spirit will take what is mine and declare it unto you. All the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ has been given to us. Because it's the same Holy Spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead that dwells in us. And while we have all this authority and all this power, we sit around waiting for God to do something. When all we have to do is get up and do something ourselves. And to walk out that word which we've received. Freely you have received, freely give. Like Peter did when he looked at the man beside the temple and he said, silver and gold 
I don't have, but what I do have, I give you. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. The one thing we have is the knowledge of the Lord, the knowledge of his word, the knowledge of Jesus Christ, the knowledge of the blood of Jesus, the one thing the world needs. But you're not going to get there if you're not willing to intercede first. If you want to talk to men about God, you first have to spend some time talking to God about men. Anyway, um, call in number 619-638-8458. This is Prayer International Radio. And we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. We declare that the kingdom of God is here. We declare that the kingdom of God is
I want you to do this. I want everybody to look at the person next to you. Just look at them. Don't say anything. Just look at them. On the left and on the right. Now, do you know what you see? I'll tell you what you see. You see the victory of Jesus in that person that you're standing next to. Hallelujah. That's what you see. For all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Satan had his hooks in us, but Jesus has conquered. Yeah. Jesus told his disciples, he said, I've seen Satan fall like lightning. Amen. But we've seen him ascended. So he's lifted up and he has the victory. Amen. Well, welcome back to Prayer International Radio. Our call in number tonight, 619-638-8458. Quick prayer request, Father, for serious. Um, who's had some people harassing their lives. Um, Lord, you said vengeance is yours and that you will repay, Lord. Father, so we come in agreement, Lord, against the enemy. Father, who would come to still kill and destroy, Lord, and we rebuke the enemy in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Father, we pray that you would remove the enemy far from their lives, Lord, and grant them a season of peace, Lord. Father, in seasons of refreshing, Lord, and rest. You know, sometimes we really, as a body of Christ, just need to rest. Sometimes we just need to step back from the situation and go back to ground zero, which is his presence. And, you know, um, it sounds harsh, but I had a friend a while ago who was um, struggling to try to make a decision. And um, they didn't know which way to go. And the Bible says in the multitude of counsels there is safety. And so it's always good to have at least one or more Christians who are established in the Word of God, who are established in their character and can hear the voice of God. Um, with me, I have Chris and his wife, Tracy. And um, so you can get the Word from the Lord. But, you know, sometimes, even then, what you really need to do um, at times is lock yourself in the closet and not leave until you've heard the voice of God. And I don't know who's listening tonight that needs to hear that, but, you know, a million voices telling you the Word of God won't have as much impact as you hearing it directly from Him. And so sometimes you need to get in your prayer closet and not leave until you've heard His voice. Not leave until you've heard the revelation. Not leave until you've gotten the answer that you're looking for, or whichever one that's coming. Sometimes not all the answers we get are the ones that we're expecting, but usually the answers we get are ones that we needed even more. It just usually takes us longer to figure out that the word, that the answer that the Lord gave us is more appropriate to our situation and what we need, and is of more insight than the answer that we were hoping and expecting that we were going to get. And the Lord works like that. It's funny. I've gotten words from the Lord that were, had I thought at the time, had absolutely nothing to do with what the situation was or 
it was completely different from what I was wanting to hear, but in the end, it was exactly what I needed to hear. Because, you know, it's those words from the Lord that actually direct you. They, they change your heart. They shape your character and um, develop in you the character of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, um, coming up on the second hour of our broadcast, we'll be joined by Chris in just a few minutes. Um, so, once again, if you need prayer for anything, give us a call, 619-638-8458. This is Prayer International Radio, and we will be back in just a few minutes.
to Prayer International Radio. Uh, our call number is 619-638-8458. Um, just got off the phone with Chris, who is not going to be joining us tonight. He has some family stuff to take care of. Um, so I'm assuming I'll get a praise report about something in the morning. So that being said, for the next hour, we're going to pray, worship, um, seek the Lord. Um Huh. So where are we going to go, Father? Hmm. <sighs> you know, I heard... Um, Here's an interesting story. Um, sort of goes along with what we were talking about earlier. Is that um, when I when I um, was a young Christian, um, I was all on fire for the Lord, and everything was great and wonderful. And immediately, I um, started seeking after the Lord, not because I wanted um, the Lord to do anything. I just wanted to know Him, and um, and it's um, been a long, long process of getting to the place of my relationship with the Lord where I'm at. And I am by no means anywhere close to um, being in the place I should be. Um, you know, Paul said that he was the worst of all sinners, and I think sometimes we all feel like we are um, as far as seeking the Lord. And there's always a battle of struggling um, with walking in grace. Um, always wanting to be fully pleasing the Lord and to, and to be following His will completely and being submitted into His will. Um, and you know, something I heard today was that you know we can stand in agreement with the Lord for um, the callings in our life and the things that the Lord wants to accomplish in our life, which the Bible says He'll complete that which He started until the day of Christ. But someone told me, to, um, someone said today that. Um, when there's certain areas that you can agree with the Lord and it won't have as nearly as strong of an effect as when you become submitted to the Lord and you submit your life to Him. And the reason I say that is um, there's always areas in our lives that whatever it is that we hold on to and that we keep back from the Lord, um, sometimes even um, unintentionally. Um, there's areas in our lives that we haven't learned to completely give over to him, whether it's our jobs or our families or our relationships or different aspects in our, our lives. And it always comes down, down to the relationship of your walk with the Holy Spirit and the communion that you want to have with him and then being submitted to him um, and the areas that he wants you to submit and the things that he asks you to turn over. And it's and it comes from always having a heart that's shielded to him, always having a heart that's soft, that you never lose the the ability for the Lord to be able to mold and shape your heart. And because you know, um the more you refuse the Lord, then sooner or later, though he at times will walk away from those areas. And then you have to later go back and actually 
you'll realize that you're missing something. You have to go back and search your heart. That's why the scripture says, search me, O God. Try me and know my thoughts. See if there be any wicked way in me and lead me into the way everlasting. And so sometimes all of us have to go and search our lives and search our hearts and see if there's any areas in our hearts that we're harboring bitterness or unforgiveness or resentfulness or anything, um, idolatry, anything that would possibly prevent us from pursuing the Lord with everything that we have. And um, and when you're seeking after the Father and you're wanting to hear his voice and get to the place of hearing his voice and really, and, and, and we we talk about hearing the voice of the Lord a lot, um, which sometimes we say very lightly when it's not. Um it's a privilege and an honor that everyone has, whether they realize it or not. Jesus said, my sheep will hear my voice, and the voice of a stranger they will not follow. But you don't hear his voice unless you're listening for it, and unless you're spending the time to be able to discern his voice and recognize his voice, and going and searching the scriptures, and hiding the word of God in your heart, so you know what his voice sounds like Because the word of God will magnify the character and the personality of the Lord Jesus Christ The word of God will always reveal the Lord Jesus Christ to you And so will the Holy Spirit And everything the Holy Spirit does will magnify the Lord Jesus Christ and reveal him to you um, And so um, I remember um I was talking with my mentor, one of my mentors a long time ago, and we were talking about hearing the voice of God, and he said a couple of things that were very interesting, um, and a couple of stories he gave me. And the first one was this guy who had decided that he wasn't going to watch the news anymore. Um, I know I watch the news all the time um, just to know what's happening in the world, um, and my excuse has always been so I know what to pray for. Um but this person had said that he would he stopped listening to the news because he figured if the Lord wanted him to know something, the Lord would tell him. But that takes an amazing amount of faith and trust and commitment to seek his face and to not be content with anything but hearing his voice. Um, the other example was this guy who was doing sales. And um, when I was a really young kid, I used to sell. I used to be a salesman, um, and um, my mentor, and so I sort of related, but my mentor said, you know, when you're selling things, um, usually out of every 10 people you offer a product to, one of them will buy the product, no matter what it is. And he said, so this other kid he knew decided that since everything in his life was submitted to the Lord, and everything he did was submitted to him, and he always sought the Lord for every step, he said that instead of going to 10 people, talking to 10 people, waiting for that one person to make the sale, that he was just going to trust the Lord to take him to that one person so he could avoid the other nine that he didn't have to go to anyway. Once again, something that takes an amazing amount of faith and trust in the Lord. But when you do it, miraculous things happen. When you, te when you I don't want to say test the Lord, but when you start walking with your life so that you prove his word to be true, you'll see miraculous things happen. You'll see 
insight and understanding come into situations that you never thought you would have them. You'll see the scriptures open up in a brand new way. The word will really become alive to you because he'll start revealing it to you. And um, you know, if you want to know what's happening in the end, um, if there's going to be an antichrist, when's the return of Jesus? Like as far as not the specific day, but if you want to have him keep you in the loop of what's going on, you have to keep yourself in the loop with hearing his voice. You have to constantly have your ear before him, constantly be on your face in front of him, not just so you can hear things and not just so he will reveal things to you. The Bible does say that the Lord God does nothing unless he reveals it first to his servants the prophets. But it's more about getting to a place in your relationship with the Lord where you're constantly listening to him. You're constantly conversing with him. You're constantly magnifying him in your life and submitting every area of your life to him so that no matter where you're at, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, the Lord has a free channel to speak through you. Um, and then you're willing to follow his voice and you're willing to be obedient. Um, it says that Jesus learned obedience through suffering, and sometimes we have to learn obedience through trials that we, the Lord has to take us through, because sometimes it's through trials that the Lord actually works on our character and reveals himself in a different way through the trials that he allows us to walk through. And it's um, another way of hearing his voice is actually following him so that way the next time the trial is about to come around you're already prepared for it or the next time there's a mountain coming around you, you can hear the lord saying to go around it and you know because it says he leads us beside still waters and he makes us lie down in green pastures well if you're not allowing him to lead you then you'll never get to the green pastures or the still waters and you'll still be out in the valleys and the deserts and everything looking for the place of your rest but the place of your rest comes on the other side of you listening to the voice of God and being obedient to it and allowing him to lead you and guide you. We claim that he is our Lord and Savior, but sometimes he's only a Lord and Savior in the certain areas that we're willing to give over to him. When we should really be giving all of his, all the areas of our life to him. But there are men and women out there who seek the Lord. And there are men and women out there who are going to be the voice of God because they're the ones whose faces are constantly before God. They're the intercessors who are constantly waging war in the heavenly places and battling back the principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this age, which Paul said are the real battle. Because, you know, when you pray and you seek the Lord, your prayers have power. If you don't believe they have power, you need to go study the scripture and realize how much power you really have at your disposal. Every single person who's born again and who's received the gift of the Holy Spirit could repeat this exact phrase every day. When I pray, things happen. When I pray, nations shake. And it's not a prideful thing to say it. It's agreeing with the word of God. Knowing that when you proclaim his word, the Bible says, whatever things you ask in prayer, believing you shall receive the things you ask. Jesus said, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. It says in First John, if we know that he hears us, we know we have the petitions we ask of him. So why not pray for the salvation of the nations? Why not pray for the people who are sick and dying? Why not pray 
for the people who really need it the most. We can spend all day long praying for ourselves and praying that we get the better job and the better car and the better whatever. But the world, there's a world out there that's dying and going to hell who doesn't have the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it'd be so much better if our prayers were for them. I heard someone say a long time ago, the only thing better than going to heaven is to take someone with you. And, you know, it says some people will sow a seed and some people will water and then some people will reap the har- will, will harvest, but they'll all share in the reward. And, you know, the seeds of intercession is where everything has started. And you have the ability to intercede for nations that you'll never step foot in and to prophesy to nations that you'll never meet someone who's from if you're willing to do it. Because when you step before the Father and you come boldly to the throne of grace and you go behind that veil into the presence of the King of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, there's no time, there's no space, there's no distance. There's no difference between praying for someone in the United States and praying for someone in China. No difference between being in Russia and praying for Australia or being in Australia praying for Russia. For the same Holy Spirit is in every single one of those places. So we're going to um, cut the show a little bit short tonight. Um, if you need prayer, still give us a call. Our call in number is 619-638-8458. Um, or email us at prayerinternational at gmail.com. And we will be back tomorrow night at 10 o'clock. So until then, if you need something, give us a call.